You're listening to a sermon preached at University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, upc.org. The story that we've been hearing tonight is a story that we're a part of. You and I are a part of this story. Uh, because what was promised to them is promised to us as well. And so in light of that, I'd like to ask you to join me in reading our preaching text aloud together tonight. It's printed in the order of worship. Let's just uh, flip over to that page where we'll find Matthew 11, verses 25 through 30. And if you would join me, I'd love to have you stand if you're able. And let's read this uh, text together. It, It begins with a prayer. Jesus is speaking to God. It ends with an invitation. Jesus is speaking to his followers. When we're done reading, I'll say, this is the word of the Lord, so that if you believe it, you can say, thanks be to God. Listen carefully. You're reading God's holy word. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord lasts forever. Please be seated. Well, several years ago, the phone on my desk rang. It was a man's voice on the other end, and he sounded very urgent. He said he wanted to meet. So I looked at my calendar to see what I could find next week. And he said, no, I want to meet now. I'm in my car. I'm on my way, and I'll be there shortly. Now, this is kind of intriguing for a pastor. Uh, We don't get very many emergency calls like this. I know that's not true for some of you who actually do get urgent calls, veterinarians or tech support, plumbers, Urologists, I, I don't know, but sometimes you just have to call. Um, pastors don't tend to uh, get these kinds of calls that they have to respond to. You know, nobody really calls and says, hey, I got to know the Greek word for love and I got to know it now. Or uh, desperate to know what happened to the Hittites, I'm coming right over. Um, but what I have learned as a pastor is that when someone shows up in church, there's always a bigger story. And just beneath the surface, there's always an invitation. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, for I will give you rest. That is an invitation. We might wonder tonight, to whom does Jesus extend this warm invitation? And the answer, of course, is clear. All. Come to me all. He says, all. Jesus invites those who are of his religion, those who are of other religions, and those who are of no religion whatsoever, all. Jesus invites those who have done great things with their lives 
and those who would give almost anything to go back and undo some of the things that they have done with their lives all. Jesus invites the young and the old, the near and the far, all. That man on the phone showed up shortly thereafter in my office door. I'd never seen him before. He was an attractive-looking man, young, late 30s, dressed. I figured he must work in the financial services industry. Came in, we sat together. It didn't take long before he was deep in tears. He had just found out his, life, his wife was leaving him. He, she had taken their daughter, wasn't coming back, just found a note on the kitchen table. And the story poured out of him. He had taken this big job. Their marriage had been strained. He'd gotten involved with prescription drugs. It crossed the line soon, an addiction to alcohol, broken promises. And his wife just couldn't take it anymore. She was just exhausted. And he was exhausted too. That's the other thing about the people to whom Jesus offers this invitation. They're tired. You who are weary and carrying heavy burdens. The word for weary is the word to toil. Heavy burdens speaks of being overburdened, beyond capacity. And this, to me, rings true. This fall, as a congregation, we've been reflecting on the busyness of our life. We have, many of us, what you physicians call hurry sickness, we're running so hard through life that we're literally running out of margin for the things that we know are important. Researchers tell us today that 62% of university students in America report being overwhelmingly anxious. We've got longer days, shorter nights, and last week Facebook admitted that we are drifting further apart from one another. If I ask Sam... How did you get so tired? How did this happen to you? We could just imagine that maybe when he was in grad school, he was a hungry student looking for a rest. He thought, I'll jump into this career and find it. And it was fulfilling for a while, but after a time became a burden. When it did, he looked for rest in relationships and he started dating and he met a woman and found rest there for a while. It was great, but then that even became a burden. Seeking rest, he sought relief in finances, and he had done well financially, and there's a lot you can buy with your money, but after a while, the financial life became a burden to him, and he sought rest in a bottle. His life spiraled out of control. When you look at a life from one way, it's possible to see it as this harried pursuit of rest that defines the shape of a life. But as I listened to Sam, I could tell he had not found it yet. St. Augustine said, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. Come to me, Jesus says. Come to me. And so we wonder, well, who is this one who issues this invitation? Who is the me in that sentence? And of course, this is the question to which Christmas is the most mysterious and wonderful answer. Jesus is clear in describing himself to us in this text. Notice again what you just read. His father is the Lord of heaven and earth, he says. 
He has a divine inheritance. He says, all things have been handed over to me. And he claims to be the only reliable source of true knowledge of God. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. We think of knowing in the biblical sense, Jesus is offering us intimacy with God, and to be the only one who can offer this. So this man who stands before his followers with this bold invitation is a man, but he's not just a man. He claims to be the face of God. This is God as man coming into time and space, entering the Creator into His creation to invite us. This is remarkable. In 1959, Lewis Castles, uh, a newsman, wrote a column that we, we would say it went viral. It was called The Parable of the Birds. And it's a little story, a fictional story that he wrote about a man whose family was going to the midnight service on Christmas Eve. And he said to them, you go on, I'm going to stay home. It's the whole idea of God becoming a human was just something he couldn't make any sense of, and he would feel like a hypocrite at church, so he stayed home. As he sat by the hearth reading, it, a storm came up, snowstorm, unexpectedly. And uh, he started to hear some thudding on the window. Didn't know what it was, sounded like snowballs, so he got up and he went out to the door, looked. Turns out he saw in a shaft of light from his picture window that was falling on the snow, there were a group of birds there, and they were struggling. They had stunned themselves on the glass, trying to get inside to escape the storm. And they'd been caught. Now he knew they were going to freeze. So he was concerned. And this man uh, put his boots on, his coat on, grabbed his lantern, walked outside, and he went out to the barn, and he turned on all the lights in the barn, and he threw open the doors, hoping to attract the birds there. Uh, but they didn't come. So he went and got breadcrumbs to make a trail. Still, they didn't come. So he went out, and he waved his arms, tried to corral them, but they dispersed in every direction other than the barn, and he was distraught. He thought to himself, they're afraid of me now. To them, I'm just a strange and terrifying creature. How could I help them know that my intentions towards them are good, benevolent? What could I do that would help them tr trust me? If only I could move among them. If only I could speak as they speak. If only I could become a bird. And then he heard the church bells from afar ringing midnight. And it struck him. He looked up at the heavens and he said, now I understand. Now I see why you did it. I asked Sam, why did you come to church? And he said to me, because I need help. And I said, I know. But why did you come to find help in a church? I asked this maybe because of my realism. I knew that I myself didn't have anything that would really help Sam. I mean, he could have gone anywhere. He could have gone to a marriage counselor. He could have gone to a, a sponsor, an AA sponsor. He could have gone to a physician or a lawyer. I asked him maybe also because I have grown over the years to just love to try to surface inside somebody this subterranean invitation 
that happens deep in the soul. I listened to him talk. He said, you know, I don't know anything about God. I haven't even been able to believe in God since I was a boy. I, I grew out of all that stuff. But, but now it seems somehow that I've run out of options. Where else would I go? Nothing seems to be working for me. And besides, I have this haunted sense that something or someone is trying to get my attention. I keep looking for more, but maybe more is looking for me. And then I thought to myself, there it is. There is the invitation. See, behind Sam's life, behind every twist and turn in his personal history, there had been one, a loving creator pursuing him, trying to get his attention, trying to welcome him into his embrace, waving his arms. At times, perhaps, his life made this being seem to him strange and terrifying, and yet this is one who comes in love. Come to me. Look into my face. It's in the face of Jesus that we see the true nature of God. Come into my embrace. It's in the arms of Jesus that we know what it means to be loved. Jesus prays, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. And then he invites, come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens. So tonight, finally, we ask, well, what is it that those who respond to this invitation receive? What do we get? And the answer, again, Jesus wants to be very clear to us, rest, deep, soulish rest. It's not the kind of rest that means you don't work anymore, but it's the kind of rest that means that you don't work alone anymore. Yeah, Jesus speaks of a yoke, and it creates two mental images. One is of an oxen who's working alone, who's hauling a, a great burden all by himself, and eventually the knees will buckle and he'll lie spent in the ground, exhausted. But the other image, the one Jesus suggests to us, is uh, one of an oxen who wears a yoke, which, as you know, it's a beam that goes across the shoulders of two animals with two loops, harnesses through which two heads are put. And it's in essence what Jesus is saying to his followers is, come yoke up with me, come to me, and I will shoulder the full weight of your burden. When we read of Jesus in the Gospels, on every page, we see him lifting burdens. This is just what he does. He lifts the burden of fear and anxiety. He lifts the burden of disease and oppression. He lifts the burden of bitterness and, lo and loneliness. Jesus is God pursuing us in love to set us free with his irrational, unconditional, indestructible love. Jesus is the one who, when we fail, picks us up, gives us new strength for a fresh start. And, of course, the greatest burden that any of us carries, and I would dare suggest that all of us carries, is that burden that the Bible rightly calls our sin. It's that congenital impulse inside each of us to want to be our own God, to run from God and neighbor, to try to create our own fabricated rest. 
which do we never stumble under the weight of our own shame? Do we never fear the weight, feel the weight of it and cry out beneath our failures that, as the Book of Common Prayer says, the, the burden of them is intolerable? Let us then come to Jesus. Jesus is the supreme burden bearer. God alone can lift the burden of sin from our shoulders. God alone can give us deep rest for our souls. God alone can give us peace. It's not that he changes our circumstances. It's that he gives us peace within us to face our circumstances. I will give you rest, Jesus says. It's a promise, not just for the weary souls, but for a weary world. And it seems to me this Christmas Eve, our world is so very weary tonight. I got a little hint of what this might look like in the life of one person in the newspaper this weekend. Perhaps you read the Wall Street Journal this weekend. If you did, you may have seen a column in there by a woman named Kim Fu. Kim Fu was introduced to the world, regrettably, 45 years ago as Napalm Girl. She was nine years old, running from violence in Vietnam. You remember the photograph, her naked, mouth open, burned all over her body. Horrific. Well, Ms. Fu, in 1982, found herself and her life changed. She heard the, she heard the invitation. It was Christmas Eve. She was uh, invited to a church. She found herself listening to the simple preaching of a man like me sharing the good news of Jesus. And behind and beneath his words, she heard the words of Jesus calling to her soul. And she said, yes. She describes in this weekend's Wall Street Journal, for years I bore the crippling weight of anger, bitterness, and resentment towards those who caused my suffering. I spent so much of my life running first from the bombs and the war, then from communist Vietnam. I'd always assume that to flee was my only choice. Looking back, I understand the path I had been racing along led me straight to God. Yes, my circumstances can still be challenging, but my heart is 100% healed. My faith in Jesus Christ is what has enabled me to forgive those who had wronged me. No matter how severe these wrongs were, Faith also inspired me to pray for my enemies rather than to curse them. It enabled me not only to tolerate those who had wronged me, but to love them, to love them. This is how we see that those who receive rest in our souls, peace in our souls, become agents of rest and peace in the world. So what happened to Sam? You, you might not believe it. Sometime later, I met his wife. She was at church, and I asked her, how are you doing? How are things going? And she had a big smile on her face. She said, I, I know that the road to recovery is going to be a long one for us, uh, but Sam is uh, getting treatment. We're getting married counseling, and I have moved back into the home with my daughter. Things are going really well. <laughs> what happened? What happened? Well, you know what happened. He started to listen to that invitation. He heard it, and Sam said yes to Jesus. I wonder what you will say, friends, 
Because I believe that tonight, he has an invitation for me, and he has an invitation for you. If you listen, I believe you'll hear him saying, come to me. You are weary. You are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Let's pray together, shall we? Jesus, we're listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Would you do for us what we cannot do for ourselves and turn down the volume of all the noise in our hearts? Help us to hear your word through the psalmist, be still, and know that I am God. We want that gift tonight, Lord Jesus. And we know you want to give it even more than we want to receive it. So let us say tonight the only word that is needed when you come calling. Yes. Amen. For more UPC audio or to find out about service times, visit us at upc.org. All online audio is available on CD and cassette. To order copies of sermons and classes, please visit upc.org slash audio, email audio at upc.org, or call 206-524-7301, extension 117.